This is CliffCentral.com. Toby Shapshak is the publisher of Stuff Magazine and um, a man who we rely on regularly, not only to give us the latest information from the world of tech, but also someone who has astute and uh, well thought through opinions on just about all kinds of things from politics to society to the economy to gaming, really. And Toby, it's never a, a stress. It's never a, a big ask for me to ask you to come onto the show. And I hope it isn't a big ask for you to come and join us uh, today. No, well, <clears throat> thank you firstly for inviting me. And of course, I mean, if you're lucky enough to be part of the middle class, then you're lucky enough to be part of the great banana bread bake-off of 2020 <laughs> that have been the last <laughs> five weeks. And in my case, six weeks of, of lockdown. And, and if, you know, I mean, I kind of watch, it's a, it's a, it's a tale of two worlds, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're middle class and you live in a house or a complex or a flat, it's kind of relatively benign. It's kind of like an extended Christmas holiday. I, you know, I have a friend who lives in Hong Kong and he hasn't sold his house yet, luckily. Mm. Um, and his kids came back three months ago and he came back about a month ago. And they'd rather be, you know, in a house in suburban Johannesburg than, than in the tiny apartments in, in Hong Kong. And, and <clears throat> that's the reality for a huge amount of people. And I read a lot of tech stuff, you know, and Gareth, I mean, that seems to be a, a startling tone deafness in the tech space and in the, in the middle class space. And, and of course, South Africa has that middle class is so racially polarized and it's hard to see. I mean, a lot of people just have no idea that the biggest problem for everyone who isn't middle class is not boredom or what to watch next on Netflix, but mm-hmm. hunger. You know, this is a, this is an astounding period of human history we are living through. It's mind-boggling, and I don't think we have kind of gotten our heads around yet just how profound the changes are going to be. Yesterday, uh, when we were recording this, which will be last week for your listeners, Edcon, Edgar's went into liquidation. They're a 100-year-old store, 150 year. Their history was they were launched uh, around... Uh, the Great Depression. They had mm-hmm. one store in South Africa. They're an institution of South Africa's uh, landscape, both retail and fashion and whatever and, and, else. And then, How many of us had our like, first jobs at Edgar's? I'd like to know about your, your comments, particularly because you're a magazine publisher and you guys still do a hard copy, copy magazine as well. But Associated Media, I mean, that's Cosmopolitan, Home and Leisure. There are a few nice brands in that stable that have also just gone out of business. Yeah, in fact, today is the day. I mean, we were just discussing it before the recording that it's the death of yet another iconic South African business. And you don't, you don't hear the same story said about Associated Magazines as you do about F&B, started by entrepreneurs. Mm. Well, this is a family-run business. Jane Faley and her daughter, Julia, they've done a, a brilliant job of keeping South Africa educated and entertained and, you know, dressing fashionably. And, and they've you know, told getting, us a million times. The right kind of, and a million times where to find the G-spot. But now, now we're left I was about to no. say, telling us, telling us how to have sex. Uh, meaningful deeply and like good for them like these are women entrepreneurs they should be celebrated they're a great success story there are very few of them and and it's a real tragedy they are they're literally going under and and i don't know how many jobs are on the line i'd suspect at least around 50 it's a real tragedy and it it lessens the media landscape whenever any titles go under And, and i was having a conversation interestingly yesterday with a country general manager of a very big global PR company. And we were just talking about 
what it's going to mean for the South African landscape, you know, and, and of course, this company has offices all over the world and they're doing this exercise globally. And his colleagues in, in uh, Dubai were saying exactly the same thing I said to him, which is it's going to have no impact on countries where the media is state-owned. You know, the news mm-hmm. in Zimbabwe isn't going to change. The news no. in Dubai isn't going to change. And certainly the congratulatory way uh, the newspapers and the state-owned media write about <clears throat> the way government is handling this crisis. I mean, North Korea could take some lessons here. Um, <laughs> so that's the that's the real you know that's the real tragedy of it is is that in so many repressed places that there will be no change, but in democracy where the media is part of the lifeblood of of the health and the well-being of any democracy. We've seen this time and time again, especially in the last few years under the kind of insanity that has happened since uh, Donald Trump became president. And and the kind of, uh, what did Jean-Jacques Cornish say to you this morning on the burning platform? It's not official policy until he's tweeted it. I mean, it's just <laughs> mind-boggling that we live in a world where the leader of the free world, the yeah. last remaining superpower, the, the man with the nuclear football, you know, makes policy decisions on Twitter. Uh, at least we see he's upgraded to an iPhone. Um, so at least it's a bit more secure. But nonetheless, we digress. We're going back to the kind of strange world that we now live in. And what does media consumption, how is it going to change? Everybody with a digital platform is thrilled because they've seen, in some cases, a, a 50% increase in traffic over this time. People are desperate for news and information. I mean, it's never been easier to get a a CSI, a social corporate responsibility press release published. I mean, never before have the donations of airtime, batteries, face masks and hand sanitizer been such public news. You know, everybody publishes. But in saying that, it's not really business. It's more goodwill at this stage. And I think that while audiences may have grown, and certainly that's the case with us, a lot of our clients are very nervous and some of them just do not want to spend a single cent. What is your feeling on marketing and PR during a crisis like this? I mean, you run a media publication yourself. Should people be spending? Should they be trying to to do things to help people to get their word out there and to stay in the public consciousness? Because otherwise, you can be you'd probably be considered a fair weather friend after it's all over and you start advertising, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, and I and I and I mean, there's a lot of I mean, the conversations I'm having directly with advertisers and and very big companies mm. uh, in the tech space are, are they have they have a real fear of what's coming next. Yeah. Um, Will when supermarkets open, when shopping centers open, will people go out? Look, of course, people need cell phones and televisions and and cameras and the like. I mean, I I, I foresee a, a surge in the in the uh, sale of tripods for holding up cameras for home recording, such as we are having right now, um, and other related home office equipment. The, the the idea of working remotely is suddenly top of mind for just about everybody. I mean, us tech journalists are joking amongst ourselves that suddenly everybody wants to work like we have for the last like 20 years, you know, sitting at home in a coffee shop. One of my my colleagues said, um, my noise-canceling headphones on at home or work are pretty much the same. Um, So, and and yet they're companies. There's some very clever companies. There's a really great South African company called Netstock, netstock netstock.co. And, and, I mean, they've never had offices. They've got 50, 50, 60 employees. They've got offices in South Africa, the UK, America, Australia, 
They do software, inventory software, so they can save you up to 10% on your inventory if you have a whole bunch of inventory. Now, that's, you know, if you're 10 million rands worth of inventory and they can save you a million rands worth of that, that's a lot of money. So these guys have never, these guys have never had offices. Yeah, but they all work from home. But then we also are living with the reality that, for example, Ibrahim Patel, one of our idiot ministers, says we can't have any e-commerce because it wouldn't be fair to people who don't trade trade on, on the internet. And here I am thinking, you know what, I know it's a very middle class thing, but we need to all start spending money somewhere because the wheels of this economy have not turned for some time. And if, if they could deliver stuff to your house, it might actually be a better solution to social distancing than going out to the shops. For many people, it it is the best option. And I think you know, for a minister to just count out a huge sector of the economy like that shows they don't really have a, a good handle on what e-commerce is and what technology can do. And they're catching up so late to the party. It's it's kind of a little bit frightening. I, I have to agree, Gareth. I mean, I, I, you know, to have a socialist or a communist dictating policy is, is really uh, kind of terrifying. I mean, if you think about it, we're in the midst of a crisis and a pandemic Brought to you by the same uh, information uh, technology system that gave the world Chernobyl, you know, <laughs> the, the communist no, and, and, and the, com- the Communist Party reporting structure meant that the people in Wuhan didn't tell yeah. management or you know uh, central the central committee what was going on. So no one had a really good sign. Same with Chernobyl; you had a meltdown. The it's only reason so, Russia it's just admitted so- what happened at Chernobyl. Was because the Germans were standing there with a with a you know a, a radioactivity yeah, monitor it was, it saying the, it was the Norwegians. It's off the, the, the Norwegians said yeah. we, we're picking up some isotopes right. in their atmosphere. I mean, yeah. and it took yeah. <laughs> it took like a week. And it's so anachronistic to be thinking that way at a time where many businesses are looking at the options of going online, and some of them will be able to. Obviously, some won't. And we've got huge swathes of South Africa that that are unemployed already. There are going to be many more who will join the unemployed, but some who can be saved by the marvels of technology and, and online business and deliveries and that kind of thing. It seems to me ridiculous that even in you know countries where you do have pretty stringent laws on what can and can't be done, we're the only one that isn't grabbing the e-commerce opportunity by with both hands. Yeah, and I... I wish I could explain that to you, but it's it's just so mind-bogglingly incomprehensible. It, I mean, this is the Minister of Trade and Enterprise, right? Like yeah. industry. Where's the thinking? Where's the deep thinking? Like if you can sell anything, it's the same kind of strange idea that you can go to pick and pay um, and you can buy everything up until the aisle over there. So you can, yeah. like you really need. Like if you, you needed know, a you kettle, really need you'd be in trouble. And if A you need- kettle or a or, or, yeah, you've got to live in a very nice house and I look at those curtains behind you. If your curtain rod suddenly broke, you'd have to deal without having curtains for a couple of weeks. And this is the perfect time for you to fix the goddamn curtains. But you couldn't buy a curtain rod because, um, of course, that would be a huge threat to public health. But you can still go and buy raisins or um, or, or, or long life. Okay, milk. listen, that's not a, that's ha- not having curtains in the morning is not a real problem. <laughs> I'll give you a real problem. Yeah. What happens if you've got those those wooden tongs that you use <laughs> to take the toast out of the toast in the morning. And in week one, no, no, this is a real problem. In week okay. one of the lockdown, yes. you nonchalantly and foolishly give them to your almost three-year-old son Uh-oh. to play with, who instantaneously breaks them. Yeah. 
Now, during lockdown, you can't buy wood glue because you're not handyman enough to have yeah. fucking wood glue in your, in your garage. No, these are real issues. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. In, in, I better in, get onto Instagram. I'm laughing Instagram, in, in sympathy. I'm suffering. So, okay, Toby, you know, I, I want to so, ask you. So, so the, I think the point, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is what, what, what the government's missing is that whilst shutting down so much of the economy, isn't the best rationale, not the, the kind of homogeneous, nobody must get a strategic advantage, no one must prosper, no one must get a, a, a better, a better, you know, uh, exit out of this mm. crisis. Because, Politics you know, we of equal, all equal a, suffering. A, yeah. a, exactly, a standing start. Or is it not better to say, look, whatever economic activity we can we can have or we can include or we can incorporate. Isn't that a better strategy? Isn't I mean, it better for us to say, for no let's other reason. have Even anything, if it's just for the tax, know. even if it's just so they could bring in some tax money. I mean, that's why I don't understand cigarettes and, and alcohol as well. So if people want to sit at home, home is probably, I don't the, know, I, you know, let them smoke. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a smoker, right? So Me neither, I, I'm, yeah. like, I'm really glad I don't have that addiction. Like the only, the only kind of uh, a drug I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to is, is, you know, Netflix or, well, I don't know, AVRs or MKVs, you know, the, 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 the kind of, uh, streaming movie formats of whatever. Anyway, the, the, the bottom line is this. Maybe we're missing the point, Gareth. Maybe Ibrahim Patel ordered something from Take a Lot and they <laughs> fucked up the delivery. And he is he's waiting. Grind. He's fucking waiting. Like, forget hello, Peter. He's like, this is his chance to go. You know, Kim oh. Reed. You should listen, have listened to me when I you, said you drew this my, was a bad or- You drew my attention to something interesting, and there are some amazing stories that are coming to light in this crisis. You know, the, the best rise to the top and yeah. the worst the worst kind of also make themselves very obvious. But yeah. you pointed out something which I thought was beautiful. The Ethiopian spaza shop traders um, who have been the victims of xenophobic attacks for God knows how many years now, and nothing's been done yeah. to help them. These guys got together yeah. and donated – which for them is a lot of money, 30,000 rands worth of food and protective equipment to the poor in Alex. I think that's maybe, Fantastic, hey? I mean, that's maybe one of the most heartwarming stories I've ever heard. And not from some, you know, bigotry of soft, of low expectations, um, uh, point of view. It's, this is something where you, you sometimes these heroes who live among us are, they come from the most unexpected of places. And after the way they, these yeah. guys have been treated, this is the last thing you'd expect them to do to the, the people who may very well be the aggressors in those situations. What a nice story. Yeah, I love your story. Really heartfelt and very real. And that's, you know, it comes through the little news project, news startup I'm doing with uh, my friend Mungo Sogat. You've had him on the show before. Yes. And what that is, is uh, Scroller, S-C-R-O-L-L-A dot Africa. And it's, it's our news project to tell these kinds of stories, real news stories. I think journalism and, and certainly what, you know, large media companies have, have really kind of lost sight of the little people and the, the people who read news. And there's so many of the news startups are for the top of the market who the advertisers are interested, the, the Huffington Posts and the Business Insiders and the Daily Mavericks, all fine titles, all doing an amazing job, but actually people have, kind of forgotten the person who used to read like the daily tabloid. They, those are, those people are still catching taxis and they still need news. You and know, our really amazing reporter, Everson Lungana has been there and he's, 
he's uh, he's the guy who picked up on this amazing story. He also picked on the up on the on the on the very first infection in Alex, and of course the very first um, both COVID death and uh, law enforcement related mm-hmm. death. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a it is sadly a, a time for journalism to shine to tell the story of of so many people. How do you know the middle class just don't get it? How do you self isolate in Alex when you're yeah. your shack with no running water and no well, electricity and no inside toilet is is three centimeters from the shack next to you? You know, you know Toby, that's it's, the true it's one thing. It's one thing for the middle class to not get it. It's another thing entirely for the government not to get it and to to force people into these inhumane conditions. And then, and then, often put them in a closed space with their abuser, or you know, yeah. force them force them into starvation and and deprivation and and hunger. It's just it's outrageous. But what I what I wanted, I mean, can I can I give you can I give you a for instance to that? A truly heartbreaking thing happened this week. My wife, not I, got a message from our private security firm saying we've seen a huge increase in domestic abuse cases. Mm. If you have a problem and we phone you or you phone us, use these three color codes, and I forget which one, orange, green, purple, to tell us what the state of, of it is. I didn't get that message. They didn't send it to the mail members of yeah. their database. And they only said, I mean, think about that for just sure. a second. This is, you know, this is the paid for private security of the middle classes you know that yeah. obviously these are the people who've well, got a decent boost the middle life. classes as they may be at the moment when when this whole story is told there may not be a middle class to speak of um can i ask you something else there's there's quite a lot going on um and you've never been one to shy away from new technology you try most things new for you doing zoom conference calls and google hangouts and 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 meetings on skype and all the rest of it is nothing new but for many people this is the first time they're doing it there are probably some tips that you can give us and i'm sure that 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 stuff magazine over the years has made a lot of fun out of people who don't know how to use these technology platforms have you picked up any any things that people are really getting wrong on on these conferencing apps yeah press mute when you go to the toilet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I oh, mean, man. we live in an honor society, don't you, Gabe? Yeah. Where you assume the person you're having a non-video voice call conference is not on the loo, right? <laughs> well, let's just, you know. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, the the thing is, 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 I, I mean, I've had a beef with this for years. You know, you watch people being interviewed via Skype on ENCA, and they've got their laptop open, and they've got the screen tilted so you can see like directly up their nostrils and and the back corner of their living room or their study or whatever you know and i i actually wanted to a little i spoke to the there's a great company that brings in all the tripods and that stuff and i said listen we just just got to sell like a little package like i'll help you we've got to sell a package for people to put their phones in or their ipads ipads quite easy so they can have a conversation i mean you don't have a, a small child that you have regular conversations with your grandparents but i mean i've been taking screen grabs and sending them to all my friends who live overseas because conversations with boba basically involve most of the ceiling at about a centimeter of the top of her head you know? 
it's very, very hard to explain to a small child that they're having a conversation with one of their grandparents and oh, all that's they can see is like a, like a, a strip of hair, you yeah. know. So, so and then you'll hear it here and it goes. Anyway, we've managed to get the, the orientation sorted out. But so, I mean, the first thing is, you know, use the technology. I think Microsoft Teams is about to become a really huge winner. A figure I heard this week was they went from something like 12 or 14 million uh, a day to something like 45 million messages sure. a day. Zoom has gone from 30 million to 300 million users. Yeah. Zoom, of course, has significant privacy problems. But, uh, but it's is very there, is there very a favorite one for convenient you? Convenient to use. I mean, is there one that you prefer to use over the others? I, I don't. I don't really care, actually. I'll use whatever works. And okay. I, I, I suppose that's the thing about being in the technology space is that part of my job is to, I always used to say this when I was a young reporter, part of my job is to read the newspaper. Um, but part of my job is to try all these different things. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I don't, you know, use whole brand new computers to try the latest version of Ubuntu, but I use Windows, I use Mac, I use this software, I'll try that software. My phone is always filled with, innumerable apps that I've read about in my mag or other mags or seen someone reference and try. I mean, how many people know about Discord? Anyone over 25 probably never heard of Discord, and yet it's the biggest messaging app in the world. Twitch, ever heard of Twitch? Yeah, I heard of Twitch. Biggest gaming yeah. platform in the world. Uh, Amazon paid nearly a billion dollars for it. Most adults never heard of it. So I try all of these things, and I see what they do, and I see how they work. And some some work really well, some don't. If you're on an Apple device, FaceTime tends to be the best between Apple to Apple. Okay. Uh, if you're doing multiple callers, you can set up a a, um, a WhatsApp group with it used to be four, but now it's up to eight people and have a voice and a video call. I find that's just the easiest. As much as I worry about Facebook being in the center of all of this data with all of their apps, especially WhatsApp, which has yeah. proved unfortunately to the, be the biggest spreader of disinformation oh of my them God, all. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, and some very funny memes, but but that's just the easiest because everyone gets it. You know, one of our team on Scroller is based in the in Mount Frey in the Eastern Cape. He's got a data package that 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 is just WhatsApp calls. My 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 nanny only uses WhatsApp, so I just use the technology that works. Uh, for stuff, we use Slack, and then we use Telegram, then we use WhatsApp, then we went back to Telegram. Uh, for variety of reasons, Telegram lets you work on uh, logging on multiple devices, even uh, a, a, an iPad. Uh, Skype, Skype is still absolutely excellent. You, you know, all of the TV shows that I I deal with, the TV channels, especially ENCA, I do a weekly call in with them. All of that's on Skype. That's very mature, very dedicated, very stable technology. You know, the mm -hmm. thing about Skype that people forget is. It's owned by Microsoft, right? It's a very controversial uh, purchase by the, the former CEO, Steve Barmer. But he bought it, and it proves to be one of their best descriptions. If you speak Russian, for instance, or Spanish, you and I can have a Skype conversation in real time with artificial intelligence-driven translation. Yeah. We can have a live, real-time conversation with someone in another language, and it will translate it for you. It's just it's extraordinary. It is just amazing. You, know. yeah. you see, this is where I mean, I, I, I still have huge hope, despite all of the things that we see um, around us that we've become so familiar with be, being threatened by this thing. I look at technology and what it's done to human interaction over the last 10 to 12 years, 
and it, it fills me with hope. I'm, I'm not at all put off. You know, there's people who say to you, oh, we've got too much screen time and people are, st- are stuck to their screens. I get all of that. But really, the advantages cl- cleverly outweigh and, and, and by a long way outweigh the disadvantages. Uh, agreed. I mean, yeah. if if you're in the economic and, and uh, the economic bracket and the, and the kind of workspace where it's possible for you to work from, from home, I mean, you know, Stuff Magazine... I went to the office once to get a keyboard and a spare monitor. You know, the, my office at home is set up like my office at work. You know, tech journals are notorious for being uh, work from home as freelancers. You know, for us, it's been a very easy transition. From the moment I set up Stuff uh, Group, which publishes the magazine, I've used cloud-based software, Google for Mail, Dropbox, Evernote, Google Apps, um, Slack, uh uh, the thing I need to urge everybody actually is that remember to use a very efficient password and security system. If you don't have a, a security software package, please download it, either if you're on Mac and especially if you're on Android. My, my software of choice is Kaspersky. Um, I know Eugene Kaspersky. I met him once. He taught me how to drink vodka like a Russian and he showed me how bad the dark web was. Um, note to self, never try and drink. Never try and match a Russian when they're drinking vodka, uh, especially in Moscow. <laughs> yeah. um, use use sophisticated passwords, right? Many people have the same password for some address. That password is known to the hackers already. If you haven't logged onto a site called haveibeenpwned.com, yeah. it's have I been owned with a P instead of an O. Please do, and it'll show you how your your use your email address and it'll tell you how many times it's been compromised. Use an app like LastPass or One Password or Dashlane. If you're inside the Apple universe, you can use the iCloud keychain. Google has their own. Kaspersky has their own password manager. Make sure that you use that and turn on what's called two-factor authentication, which is it's just a fancy way of saying your password is the first factor or the first item. And the second factor is is an, is an SMS uh, with a number. That's the easiest one, but but you can also have something like the Google Authenticator app or the Microsoft Authenticator app or the um, LastPass Authenticator app. But either Microsoft or or the Google Authenticator app are brilliant, according to my most paranoid friend. Yeah, both are pretty good. So do that um, and just buy security software. If you don't have a router with built-in a firewall, consider that and make sure that, that, that if you give access of your network to other people, that's usually when your, your problems arise. If you use free public Wi-Fi, you should use it using a VPN for the other people on the network mm-hmm. that are trying to sniff out your traffic and, and get data out of you. Yeah. Um, and if you have any kind of software, update it regularly. As soon as the updates come out for Android or your phone or the apps themselves, update them because that's what happens. Vulnerabilities exist in the software. The criminals, the cyber criminals know about it. Um, the, the, the developer who produces it, Apple, Microsoft, mm. Google, Facebook, whoever, they know about it. They patch the vulnerability and you update it. If you don't update it, then, you know, uh, shame it's on, on you. you because yeah. the, vulnerability, the vulnerability was there. And that's happened many, many times with some of the big ransomware attacks. So update your software, run security software, use the password manager like LastPass or OnePassword or Dashlane or Apple's iCloud. Um, and turn on two-factor authentication um, and be paranoid 
and be suspicious if you get strange emails from oh, yeah. your contacts or people you don't know. Do not open that document. You know, please don't. Um, if it sounds to be good to be true, it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. If you read online uh, uh, some kind of meme or something, um, check a website called Snopes.com or right. Africa Check org to see if it's real i mean you know what one of my big bugbears is gareth i've got to tell you so the, the, the social media networks have been telling us for how long that it's impossible for them to filter all the fake news and the disinformation you know and the anti-spammer anti-vaxxer you know these anti-vaxxers walk mm-hmm. around telling people with no scientific evidence and in fact all the scientific evidence has proved the contrary they walk around telling people that you can get measles or you can get autism from vaccines. Yeah, nonsense. It's a total load of shit. It's been around for 10 years. The doctor who postulated the theory has had his license revoked. Lancet, the, not Lancet, Nature, the publication that published it, they've, they've apologized. They've retracted it for 10 years. Scientists have tried to see whether his theory is true. And for 10 years, they've proved that he was a liar and anti-vaccine is bullshit. And yet, off you go and you look on any social media website or anything and there's tons of that stuff. Bizarrely, Pinterest of all the social media apps shut it down completely. Why do I have a point of view about it? Because herd mentality, herd community, uh, the herd immunity of the community saves lives. My son was five months old when he was exposed to vaccines and thank, to measles to another kid who wasn't vaccinated and luckily didn't get it. But the consequences could have been huge. Why? Because one arsehole believed an outright mm. fucking lie mm. on social media that the big media giants, which make billions of, of dollars from our attention and our viewing of the advertising, have been telling us for the longest time they can't. Along comes a global pandemic where the, the consequences of your behavior aren't climate change, which will expire and, you know, will affect us in a hundred years or, or some delayed consequence like, you know, um, uh, your child will get measles in five years if you don't give them vaccines. Real immediate consequences of the coronavirus and COVID-19 have suddenly pushed these social networks into, into behaving with the kind of conscience and consciousness and decency of humanity, you know, to shut this down. So substitute keywords like COVID-19 or coronavirus with uh, anti-Semitism or racism or, yeah. or, or any of those other keywords, you know, in whatever language, check them from the source of, of where they come. If they're not a state uh, a government published source in a non-regime government, mm. let's say, and they're not the New York Times or the Guardian or, you know, a reputable publication that subscribes to a code of conduct, well, I would, I would don't question, fucking I'd, publish I'd, them. I'd question The Guardian, but sure, The New York Times, I'm with you. Toby, we've got to wrap it up here. Thank you very much again. It's always good to tap into your brain and see what you're thinking about and see what you uh, what you can advise us to do to make ourselves a little bit happier, a little bit safer, and a little bit more up-to-date. Thank you so it's much. It's really easy that the next time the president gives you three days notice before a lockdown where there's going to be no booze, go to the bottle store then. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. Stay safe, Gareth. Cool, man. Good to talk to you. This is cliffcentral.com.